0: Hey, my title today is, we sang the the worship nation, kind of helped me with it, The God of Midnight Miracles. The God of Midnight Miracles. And I'll be reading from the book of Acts, the 16th chapter. Before I do, let me share something funny. A new pastor was visiting the homes of his parishioners. At one house, it was obvious to him that someone was home, but no one answered his repeated knocks in the door. Therefore, he took out a card and wrote on it, Revelation 3.20 and stuck it in the door. When the offering was being processed the very following Sunday, he found the card had been returned. Added to it was this message, Genesis 310. Reaching for his Bible to check out the citation, he broke out with gales of laughter. Revelation 320, what he wrote says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Genesis 310, what the person wrote was, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid, for I was naked. In Acts chapter 16, we have the incredible story that we're going to derive some truth for us. This is your season for midnight miracles. Verse 16, now it happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. So in antiquity... This was when a person was possessed, the devil n- never makes anybody dignified and more attractive or in any way better when he possesses them. So when this girl would become possessed with this spirit, her body would contort, her voice would change, her she would foam at the mouth. It would be a very grotesque thing. In, in antiquity, they took it as a sign of the gods speaking to them. So here she is she's not just oppressed, she's possessed. The devil has her heart and soul. And so, and she's possessed with what? A spirit of divination. Now divination in the Greek it's the word puthon. our English word python. A python kills its prey by strangling the life, the breath from it. Not, not not poisonous bite by squeezing it, and so when the prey every time it breathes it squeezes tighter, so it can't breathe again, and so we've been we've seen this spirit unleashed on the world in a bunch of different ways. But so the spirit of divination, divination, kind of the simplest biblical definition of divination is a counterfeit of the divine. So anytime someone moves into spiritual activity without the Holy Spirit being their guide, they will have demonic spirits visit them. So it's, you know, there is a spiritual world. It's real. And when people go there without the guidance and the presence of the Holy Spirit, other spirits take them. Okay. So she brought her owner's financial profit by her fortune telling. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, who proclaim to us the way of salvation. So there was nothing inaccurate about that statement. But everything was wrong because it came from a mocking spirit from hell. So it was mockery, not flattery. It was mockery is hidden anger, and it just meant to intimidate people. So this spirit, every day they go to prayer or walk in the streets, this spirit, find them. And she did this, Luke says, for many days. So this is a pattern. And Paul now, being greatly annoyed, turned it. I just want to help you, the stuff that annoys you, you're supposed to change. Stop posting about it and start praying about it. just saying. (laughs) Paul being greatly annoyed. I know that just annoyed somebody. (laughs) I command you in the name of Jesus Christ, come out of her. And the demon came out that very hour. When the saw that the hope of the prophet was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace and to the authorities. And they brought them to the magistrates and said, These men, being Jews, exceedingly troubled our city. They teach customs that are not lawful for us, being Romans, to receive or observe. Then the multitude rose up together against them. The magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, the warden put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in stocks. But at midnight, <laughs> <laughs> Whew. Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns, hymnos, praises to God, and the prisoners were listening. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. Immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's chains were loosed. Pastor, what's God going to do in 2024? Open doors. Break chains. Shake foundations. And so the keeper of the prison, awakening from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. Paul cried out with a loud voice said, Do not harm yourself, for we are all still here. Then he called for a light, ran in, and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Can you imagine God taking the worst thing that happened to you and using it to win the people that hurt you to Jesus. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all that were in the house, and he took him that same hour, excuse me, verse 31, Paul said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you and your household will be saved. Only takes one person to believe God for a whole household. He took them the same hour and washed their stripes. Immediately, him and his family were baptized. And when he brought them into his house, he set food before them. He rejoiced, having believed in God with all of his household. Father, I thank you for your anointing upon your servant, your word, and your people. Thank you, God. You're the God of midnight miracles. And so I announce in this first Sunday of this new year that midnight miracles will happen every day, every month, every week of this year for your people, God. And they will see your mighty hand moving into their life in ways that they've been praying and standing, and they will see the foundations of hell shaken, the doors that they prayed for open, and the chains they've been bound with broken. I thank you for doing all that you want to do all that you promised to do in this moment in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Paul and Silas and this team, they were in the will of God. It's important to kind of begin with that preface because I think sometimes we can mess up how we interpret things and how we look at things, but they're in the will of God. In fact, they were going another way. And the Bible says in the first part of the chapter, the Lord forbid them. The Lord said no so they went okay let's try this the lord said no the, the lord gave them two no's before he gave them a yes every no god gives you today is a prophecy of a better yes coming tomorrow <clears throat> don't argue with god when he says no about something trust him that he's got a better yes and so paul then had these two no's, and so they're wondering the gospel this great news of Christ, the whole world needs to hear about Jesus and Paul's ready to go. And the Lord kept shutting some doors and so Paul goes to sleep, he has a dream. In the dream, a man from Macedonia appears to him and says, come please help us. And when Paul woke up, he said, I know what God's will is, we're supposed to go to Macedonia. So Philippi, Thessalonica are in the Macedonian region. So they head that way, knowing God's will. Simple just reminder that God leads us Often through prophecies, visions, and dreams. And so God can, so a dream is a revelation from God given to us when we're asleep. A vision is a mental picture God gives us when we're awake of his will. A prophecy is when something's said that's inspired from God. So all three of them have the same purpose to reveal God's purpose for our life, to direct us, okay. So I just want to say visions and dreams and prophecy are yours. God's not going to forsake you in this season. He's going to help you, visions, dreams, and prophecy. Come on, your kids are getting prophecies right now in the children's ministry, okay? First point. When the spirit in you irritates the demon in them, when you're in God's will and filled with God's spirit, you never have to go looking for the enemy. He will find you because you're a threat to his territory. Paul's minding his own business, you know, this is the day, this is the day. God's gonna turn it around, he's gonna work. So, Paul's, he's just having, he's going to prayer, and every time he does, he's intercepted by a demonic stronghold that's in a demon possessed slave girl. So that stronghold found him. Why? Because Paul and Silas were threats to the territorial authority of those demonic principalities. When you're filled with the Holy Ghost and when you're in God's will, you don't have to go looking for the devil. He will find you. Now, don't you don't be afraid of that, but I'm telling you, he will find you because he's afraid you're about to take his territory. Uh, so the spirit of Python, this... This, this demonic power is ready to attack them. The devil isn't allowed to see into the future. This is one of the great lies about fortune telling. They can't see the future. You know who can? The Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost. Now they can prophesy things, but those things are lies. And if you agree with that lie, that lie might come to pass. All the devil can do is try to deceive us with lies. It's time for you to break your agreement with every lie the enemy has caused you to believe about your future. Come on, if you're not careful, you'll have all of these things that are strong points of belief in your soul because someone said something to you and you joined your faith and agreement to it, and now it's a part of your expectation, but it's not a part of God's will for your life. The devil's a liar. You know who has your future God? God does in his hands. You know who can talk to you about your future God? Yeah, if you're looking at astrological charts, stop it. If you're going to fortune tellers, stop it. Every time you do, you open your soul to demonic powers. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you things to come. Ask him for visions and dreams and prophecies. Jesus said in Luke chapter 10, Behold, I give you authority to trample upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Jesus said, Every believer has authority over every devil. That's right. That's right. Come on, that's true, it's true, it's true. Every believer has authority. Point number two retaliation, when the enemy strikes back. Never misinterpret adversity, injustice, persecution, or false accusation as evidence that God is not with you or that you're out of God's will. So often, so Paul and Silas and the team, Luke and the others, are in the perfect bullseye of God's will. And yet, injustice, false accusation, false imprisonment, and physical violence came against them. So none of those things were signals they'd missed it. The devil's a liar. The devil's a liar. So, what, what happens is when you start moving into territorial purpose and you start expanding your horizon and start moving into your calling as a believer and taking back things from the devil, the devil will sometimes push back. And when he does, he's just testing your resolve. So, the church has a miracle. The first church miracle is in Acts chapter 3. A lame man that had never walked, walks and the whole city is in an uproar and the great witness for Christ is there. And and the religious re- leaders call in Peter and John and threaten them because they were more afraid of a miracle than 10,000 powerless sermons. And they said, stop speaking in that name. And they said, no. No way, Jose. I'm never going to stop speaking that name. And so they got back they told, the, they told the church, we've been threatened. And they said, God, our prayer is give us more boldness. Give us more miracles. Yes. When things go wrong, often the devil is trying to scare you from a big breakthrough and trying to reverse your progress. Don't believe that lie. Come on, I've heard this at least... Hundreds of times, Pastor, I started tithing, all hell broke loose. Yeah. Keep doing it and watch what happens in six months. Watch the momentum you'll gain. It's the same thing for anything. Any territorial advance of your life in the kingdom, there's some resistance. But it's time to tell the devil, you can't can't stop me. You can't steal that from me, and I'm not going to let you stop what God has for me. The Bible says in 1 Peter 4, think it not strange, brethren, concerning the fiery trial that is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you. So there's a cognitive dissonance. When I do something good, I expect something good to happen. When I do something good, the the most oppressed person in Philippi was set free. It's hard for us to imagine what it is to be possessed. We're possessed by the Holy Ghost. To be possessed by an evil spirit means no peace ever. Torturous fear. Torturous anxiety. Physical pain. Mental pain. She's suffering day and night, and, and she gets set free. That's good news. But what happens next is, is so Opp- opposite of that, all these negative things happened to Paul and Silas. And, and so it's, it's, it's not because they missed it, it's because they made the devil angry. Come on. So what? There's nothing strange about you just because something strange is happening to you. For most of you. Okay, point number three. The God of midnight miracles. Mm. Paul and Silas, after, that's quite a day. How would your day go? Well, I cast the devil out of a demon-possessed girl. She was set free. That one happened. Got beat. They tore off my clothes and publicly beat us, publicly shamed us, publicly hurt us then threw us into prison into maximum sales. That's all in one day. That's a roller coaster. And so how the day ends is not with the miseries and self-pity of people that shouldn't have experienced. You have to overcome life's contradictions. It's, I, I, I talked to preachers all over the world. I will this month talk to hundreds of them. Hundreds of them and I just have to remind them, you're doing a good thing. And the devil's not happy about it. Sometimes bad things will happen. That, that doesn't mean you're out of God's will as a minister. Don't, you have to overcome a contradiction. So when they hit you, when a contradiction hits you, and the devil, you know, something happens in your family, your world, your family, whatever it is. Come on, I've, I've had in this church blind, completely blind people healed. Two that I know of. Born blind people had their eyes open. And last summer, I almost went blind both my eyes. I'm thinking, I don't deserve this. This should happen to the guy down the street that doesn't pray for the sick. What's going on? I I had to overcome the contradiction of going through something that I didn't feel like I deserved. And to trust God anyways. And so you have to overcome the contradiction because the devil will try to poison you with unforgiveness and bitterness just before the breakthrough God's ordained for you to have on the schedule of a heavenly timing. Late in the midnight hour. No matter how much they hate, falsely accuse, or persecute you, they cannot stop God's plan for you. When they fight against you, they're actually fighting against God. And they cannot win. What was meant for evil, God will turn for good. Get ready for a midnight miracle. The enemy should have never messed with you and your family. What the devil started, God's going to finish. What the enemy intended for evil, God's turning for good. Because the devil couldn't stop your worship, he can't steal your breakthrough. So, so here comes midnight, they're praying. You know the time you should pray the most when you feel like not praying? You know the time you should worship the most when you don't feel? They're, they're, they're by the acts of discipline, they're worshiping God, their body's bleeding, they're, they're in physical pain, They've been through all these things. Everyone's watching. <clears throat> your greatest witness is when you endure your greatest test. People watch how Christians behave when they're going through a trial. So they're stripped of their clothes, they're beaten. Here comes midnight. They're worshiping God. They're worshiping God. Well, what happens? Well, the first thing that happened was the foundation of the instrument used to bind them was completely disrupted. The foundations were shaken. I prophesy every ungodly foundation of injustice and oppression in your family is being shaken, it's being disrupted, it's being, it's being disarmed, it's being destroyed. So a lot, of, a lot of what's happening is deeper than the perception. It wasn't just there was a rattling, it was an underground rattling. It shook the cement or it shook the rocks. It shook the the substance that allowed prisons to be built. And the next thing that happened, the Bible says, every locked door opened. See, if you'll worship God, the devil tried to lock some doors from you or for you. But if you'll keep worshiping God and keep praying, you're going to find out the God of the midnight hour, the God of midnight miracles is going to open doors for you that no one can shut. It's going to open doors. Come on. I pray, you know, I've, I've never, uh, Dr. Craig, I've, I've never asked for a meeting. I don't ask for meetings. I'm happy being a pastor. And God opens doors for me. Almost every door in the world, God's opened for me has been in the place I cried out in prayer for years ago. God's going to go back over the territory of your faith, your prayers. He's going to open some doors for you. Incredible things. So it's the year, Pastor, Pastor, what is the year of? It's the year of open doors. 2024 open doors. Now, you have to trust God. Don't leave the hallway because the door's locked. Fill the hallway with your worship and watch the locksmith come and open. They said, You'll never get there. Watch God do it. They said, You can't have that. Watch God give it. They said, You can't do that. Watch God help you do it. They said, you'll never achieve that. Watch God help you achieve it. God opens doors. The third thing that happened was every chain fell off of every man in that prison. Earth, now, I can could, I could see the earthquake being so violent that it shook foundations and things are crumbling and maybe even doors swing open. That could have happened by the earthquake, but the earthquake could not make chains fall off. Angels the holy ghost it wasn't it wasn't just a seismic event it was a heavenly shaking and now every uh you're worshiping god today you've been with your family during the holidays and now you need a vacation <laughs> oh that that's just mary and i and Good, you know, all kinds of things happen, and, and, but you're worshiping God here. While you're worshiping God here, chains are falling off them there. Amen. Mary asked me to stop telling this story. She's not here, I'm gonna tell it. Her and I were, just, we were engaged in like, like 19 or 20, and uh, my father had a church. New Life Chapel at 25th Street in Roosevelt. So one Friday night, I said to the young people, you know, late teenagers and uh, young adults, I'm going to have an all-night worship session, like 30 kids show up. So we parked our cars out back where you couldn't see them, we turned all the lights off, there was no visible evidence anyone was there, and so I just went to the piano. When I was a young man, I didn't play the piano, I beat the hell out of the piano, okay. I sh- it was an earthquake there's an earthquake ah, Jesus Jesus ah, 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 ah. lots of passion so, I'm, I'm, so i am so came I could do that for three or four hours. yeah, I was that crazy now I do it for three or four minutes. that's great, and so maybe about two thirty three in the morning a holy. I, I almost start, I think I stopped praying or just played some really soft chords. Something came into the room. It beautiful. Presence of God. So the kids are all laid down. They're all spread out in the church, laid down in, in pews or on the floor. And I'm at the piano on the stage. So that time, 2.30 or 3, someone starts violently beating at the front door. I mean pounding on it. No one knew we were there. There was no evidence anyone was in the church. And so all these heads pop up in the sanctuary They're looking at me. What are you going to do? <laughs> this is your meeting, man. What are you going to answer the door? So I go to the door. It was kind of funny. I'm opening the church door. And they're lined up behind me, you know. Anything happens, he takes it first. We're going to get a word. So I open the door, and there's a guy in a three-piece suit. Behind him is a new Cadillac. Here's what he said to me. I'm a backslidden, Pentecostal pastor. I'm returning home after doing drugs with my girlfriend. Something compelled me to turn into this unlit parking lot. Something compelled me to knock on this unlit door, because I can't live a day longer without being right with Jesus. And then he dropped to his knees. I never when he dropped to his knees, because I have huge feet, he hit one of my toes. Bam, he's, he's on his knees. It was like the easiest altar call I've ever had. Okay. Thank you, you know. Welcome home. So we prayed for him, we loved him, we prophesied we ministered to him. And so the Lord's talking about me to the, uh, this the next day. He says, you know what happened? I said, that was so cool. He said, he said, why did it happen? I said, well, you touched him. The Lord said, how did I touch him? I touched him through the worship of your church. When you were worshiping me there, like waves of my presence started sweeping across the city. It found this man, and it found him so strongly that he, he was compelled to get right with God. He had a miracle night. I promise you, it was nothing but miracle. I'll never forget it. He'll never forget it. The people with me never forget that night. That's what happens. I wonder. Over Seventh Street, Seventh Avenue. I wonder down. I wonder what's sweeping in the homeless this morning. I, I, wonder in Scottsdale and Peoria and all the cities, thirty-seven cities, this metropolis. I wonder who felt it. I wonder who was thinking about taking their life, but something washed over them, and and it left. I, I, I wonder. Who was questioning God and suddenly peace came. I wonder who's been battling severe depression and something just washed through their soul, healing them. I wonder how many lives were affected because your worship didn't just break your chains. It broke chains all over this community. (laughs) Two two fellas worshipped, hundreds of men freed. They didn't worship, they just listened. People watching you. I got to close this thing. Worship changes the atmosphere. Worship changes the outcome. Worship, like Pastor George said, shuts the mouth of the devil. Worship takes us places we don't deserve to be and gives us things we don't deserve to have. Worship changes everything. Because the devil couldn't stop your worship, he can't steal your breakthrough. You keep worshiping God, even if there's tears on your face and heartache in your soul. Keep worshiping God, because the God of midnight miracles. There's nothing like worshiping God with a broken heart. God will look at look it. There. Are Bodies bleeding, their worship ascending. God couldn't resist; it. he just jumped down, ah, shook it all up. I promise you, your story is not over. Let me go deeper. I promise you, your family's story is not over. Let me go wider. I promise you, the story for Arizona and Phoenix is not over. I appreciate all your study of demographics and sociology and political I appreciate all of that but God snaps his fingers earthquakes happen and everything can change stop stop telling god he can't change what he's already promised to change there's an earthquake coming a heavenly earthquake and god's going to shake the devil's boots God's going to shake the foundations of pain, and injustice, suffering, and sorrow. God's going to f- shake off of this generation the things the devil, the strongholds the devil's been building against them. Doors are going to open for God's people and there'll come an army of believers coming out of these hidden places who are you where'd you come from God opened the door I'm here because God sent me God opened this moment God opened this opportunity this is a God thing I prayed and now God did this I I called it to God look what God has done there's gonna be an army of people delivered because somebody worshiped God in the midnight hour yeah so I don't know I just know Tomorrow someone's going to have a midnight miracle. Well, it's midnight today or tomorrow. When it's midnight tonight, is it today or tomorrow? It's tomorrow. I did go to college. We skipped that part. Tomorrow there's a midnight miracle. Come on. You... You pray, and you lay your head down, and you sleep. And when you awake, everything changed. Maybe Tuesday, maybe Wednesday, maybe February, maybe March. I don't know when. I just know it's on the calendar. Midnight miracle. Midnight miracle. Midnight miracle. Doors open. Chains broken. Foundations shaken. Just keep trusting God. Lastly, you're on the winning side. You're on the winning side. Thank you for listening to me today. Would you please stand to your feet? Turn to three people and say, "There's a there's a midnight miracle coming to your way." Tell them that. Good. Prayer team, would you please join me down front? Like Jacqueline said so beautifully in the announcements, during our fasting and prayer time, just devote time to God. And whatever that means, give him some extra time. And if there's sacrifice engaged in it with fasting food or fasting social media, a lot of people would rather give up food than social media. But whatever it is, dedicate that time to God and just watch what happens in your world. As we close to today's service, the greatest breakthrough a person could have in life is receiving the gift of the forgiveness of their sins through Jesus Christ. Amen. And Najee said it He loves us, He delivers us. He Forgives us, He adopts us, He anoints us, He accepts us. All of these blessings come because of Jesus into our life. If you've never received the saving grace, the saving gift of salvation through Jesus, man, today's your day. We'd be deeply honored to pray for you. If you've been away from God, make this your homecoming Sunday. Start the year off right and make a decision. I'm, I'm, I'm I'm coming back. I'm coming back. Maybe you feel like Paul or Silas. You feel like you've been beaten. And it's been a pretty tough season. We're here to pray with you. Prophesy over you encourage you. If you need a physical healing in your body, we believe by His stripes we're healed. And we love to pray for people to receive the healing gift of, of the grace of Christ that includes touching our body if you need prayer for those reasons any other reason would you please join us just for 90 seconds longer church would you please worship god with me while those seeking prayer come forward Come on, sing it. The, the darkest. darkest night, you can light it up. You can light it up. You can light it up. God of revival. God of revival. Let, hope arise. Let hope arise. Death is overcome. You've already won. God of revival. Come on, just lift your hands to heaven, everybody. Father, I thank you for a season, a year of supernatural midnight miracles for your people. I thank you, God. You've already scheduled for them a massive invasion of heaven, a transformational season.